Hi there, you're listening to the Practical Stoic Podcast with your host, me, Simon Drew. If you'd like to listen to over 200 episodes that were recorded before 2020, then you can head to my Patreon site. It's patreon.com forward slash Simon J.E. Drew. We'd love to have you there and any support is greatly appreciated. We'd love to also have you on our Facebook community, The Practical Stoic Mastermind. But for now, enjoy the show. Hi there, my name's Simon Drew and welcome to The Practical Stoic Podcast. Now, I'm particularly excited about this week's interviews for two reasons. So, firstly, uh, each interview consists not only of myself and one other guest, but of two other guests. So, each interview is a trio, and it's absolutely wonderful. I had such a great time talking to these incredible people about stoicism and life, and, and it's so cool. It's a different dynamic having two people on the other end of the call. The other reason why I'm particularly excited is because three out of the six guests who we have this week uh, have been listening to the podcast for quite some time now, sometimes uh, up to two years. And so it's really cool that they've been listening for a long time and now they're actually on the show discussing stoicism with me. I absolutely love it and I'm really grateful that we've had this opportunity. But today, I have two really special guests for you. We're going to be discussing stoic parenting, especially stoic fathering. Um, And the guests who I have on today are Julian Mashan and also Jan Adran. Julian is the host of the Future Proof You podcast for working dads, and he's doing an amazing job helping dads to really find that work-life balance and to be the best dad that they can be, because that's such an important job. And, uh, and man, we had such a great conversation. He invited his friend along to the, uh, to the conversation as well, his friend Jan, uh, who, as you might like to know, lives about 20 minutes from me here on the Sunshine Coast, and I didn't even know this until we were on the call. Uh, but uh, hey, if we weren't doing social distancing, we would have just done it in person. But uh, look, I'm really excited for you guys to jump into this interview. We have such a great conversation around what it means to be a dad. Uh, not that I know anything, but I'm learning from them. Uh, and uh, without any further ado, I present to you Julian and Jan. We are, we are here with Julian and Jan from the Future Proof You podcast for Working Dads. Now, uh, I'm just excited to have you both on here because I know that you've been influenced by stoicism. I know that it's helped you both with your parenting um, to become better fathers. And, uh, and man, I know that there's a lot of fathers who listen to this podcast. And so I thought, what a great mix that we could talk about stoicism and, and parenthood and, and how, uh, you know, and I know that I'm not a father, so I can't offer that kind of advice, even though I came on your show and offered that unwarranted uh, wisdom from someone who's never had a kid. But um, you know, I want to give you both the opportunity just to, to uh, you know, have a chat and, and see, uh, see that is the beauty of fatherhood right there. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, My six years I'm, old coming in, checking, are you still using the iPad? Yes, I am. <laughs> I love it. It's great. No, but I, I want to give it over to you guys and let you introduce yourselves and, and, um, and you know, basically just uh, tell the audience who you are and what you do. All right. Well, uh, so I'll go first. My name is Jan. Um, I've only been a guest to Julian podcast, so I'm not part of his podcast, but we are very good friends. Um, so originally I'm French. Uh, I came to Australia 13 years ago now just to travel, uh, discover the country and fell in love with the people here and the beauty of Australia. Um, not long after that, I, I met my wife. Uh, my wife is Japanese, so at home. Uh, it's a good good mix of different culture, and uh, we have uh, two daughters, 
um, Mia is six, turning seven next month, and Anne is 19 months old. And we are expecting another baby in August. So <laughs> hey, we'll wonderful. have my hands full for sure. Yeah, this time um, <clears throat> we are getting a boy. So managed to get it right this time. So that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And, and I'm definitely going to ask you later on once, uh, once Julian's introduced himself about, uh, you know, kind of mixing, uh, like how, how you have felt the process has been, you know, kind of uniting the two cultures for you and your wife, you know, in the family. I think that that's so cool as well, but, uh, yeah, Julian, yep. tell us a little bit more about yourself, yep. mate. Um, so yeah, so my name is Julian and I'm, uh, I happen to be French as well <laughs> and uh, I came to Australia to do, uh, to do my studies, loved it. Uh, I was in Sydney uh, at the time and um, then did everything right by the book uh, in order to come back and to get a job here and everything was going according to the very specific plan that I had until I realized I wasn't happy. <laughs> but at the same time, I did meet uh, my wife who happens to be Japanese as well. So we've got, um, we share that background with, with Yan. And oh, um, awesome. a lot of things happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so funny. And a lot of things happen in my life. Um, when my son was born, Tayo, 10 years ago, and then my daughter was born um, seven years ago, Saya. And she had an accident at birth, um, like a very important one. And um, it made us move from Sydney to, uh, to the Sunshine Coast because there was a really good doctor there. And that's where I ended up meeting Yan uh, through our wives. We we're already hanging out together as Japanese moms. And they go, oh, you need to, you need to, to meet my, uh, my French husband. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm not here to meet French people, okay? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we really hit it off. Um, and then I think we... Um, we were learning together how to how to be to be dads, like like you know, balancing work and then being dad at the same time in in a different culture with wives of different cultures themselves. Um, and we didn't realize, but at the time, both of us were really like drifting in, in drifting into life. Like we, you know, work. We knew where we were going with work, but we we just didn't know where we were going with life. And um, uh, forward a couple of years, I think that was two years ago, uh, Yen made me discover your, your podcast. And um, it, I realized that that's what I was missing. And, uh, and Yen has always been influential in like sharing like the podcast, all the podcast. And then uh, even last month, he came down to Sydney um, and just before self-isolation, right? And uh, for my birthday, he gave me a copy of uh, meditation from Marcus Aurelius because he knew that I had an audible version. But the meditation it's really hard to listen to it yeah and and so it, it came down from the sunshine goes with a hard copy and goes there you go <laughs> yeah. you have to remember that julian doesn't read book really listen to them so that's, yes. that's, that's something different <laughs> isn't it have you started yet yeah i've, I've started I've, I've read three three times the first chapter i'm like Oh, how man. come is he, think, is he thanking so many people and then you know i turned first to okay so what did he say about his dad Oh shit, not much. It's one of those books that really like, yeah, I, I don't, I couldn't see myself listening to it. it you have to, you have yeah. to look at it and you have to appreciate the yeah. poetry that, that he speaks yeah. in and you have to appreciate yeah. just, just the, the choice of yeah. words and the choice of, uh, man, it's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. And, and when you yeah. take your time and, with it, meditations is yeah. is man one of the most soul nourishing books that you could possibly read right yeah 
yeah and it's easy because you can go back to it anytime very quickly you don't have you can read a page and that's enough you know for the day you don't have yeah. to smash the whole chapter or whole book like it is yeah. in his book one passage is enough to to keep your mind yeah, going enough. for the yeah, whole exactly. day i mean you can yeah. just you can for just sit on day. that and yeah. try to think about what he meant mm. but but yeah we can start with Marcus Aurelius, right? Cause one thing that I absolutely <laughs> love about, about his approach is that he did start his, his journal by listing all of the people in his life who he had learned from. And that's, that's such a beautiful thing. I think that everybody should do that because what it does is two things. It, it, firstly, it will give you your own personal ideal for who you want to be. Right. Uh, and, and secondly, it'll also teach you that, Hey, I'm not like a, I'm not an Island here. Like I require so many people around me, like fathers, like mothers, like teachers, like friends who can teach me things about how to be a better human being. And I think that that's so important for people to realize that we are social creatures and we, we need good support systems in our life. So I, I wanted to actually ask you guys, and this is a good segue into it. Like who are the fathers uh, or actually, I mean, like you've got your fathers, right? But 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 who do you see as as exemplaries of of, of great fatherhood? Um, and maybe even with your own fathers, because that probably might be the answer. Um, what did you see in your own fathers that taught you something about how to be the best father you could be? Um, <clears throat> all right, I'll, I'll, I'll start, Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my father, uh, and I guess that's because of him uh, that what I am today and what I try to be for my two daughters. Uh, my father was the typical um, dad who was working uh, 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. at night, uh, six, six days a week. And on Sunday, he'd be tired. So he'll, he'll do an activity with us, but he didn't have much of a presence in the household so it was mainly our mum so I remember when I was young when I was about my daughter's age now I could see the other kids uh, sharing a lot with their dad you know uh, doing more activities that I, I, I was doing and I thought I was a bit envious but I didn't know any any better so um for me, it was just normal. That's how it is. You know, that is bringing the money home and we didn't miss anything. You know, we had a house, we had food, we had everything normal. So not going to complain. Um, but when I met my wife and then we start, you know, we have, we had the kids and um, uh, she, my wife made me realize that I needed to be much more present uh, at the beginning. So that was me. I was probably one year old. Because um, I thought I'm just gonna go to work like my dad, you know, and and have a little bit of time, but I just I just didn't know really. Um, an escape. And so, yeah, she, yeah, an escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she made me um, made me understand that, and then then it, it did trigger the, the memory from childhood how I was envious of my friends having more time with their dad that I had. So I'm like, okay, well, you don't want to be like him. Uh, not that he was a bad father, not at all. And we still have a good relationship, but do I have a great relationship with him? Not really. Um, and I don't want that with my daughters. I want to have a great relationship. So definitely I'm aiming to be um, 
the best father I can be for them, to be an example, a role model. And um, that was trigger number one was my wife. And then trigger number two was discovering stoicism through Simon a couple of years ago. And um, uh, yeah, it just helped me to be, to be that role model for them. And now when I see the relationship I have, I have with Mia, I'm really, really happy, really grateful for it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Appreciate you sharing that. And, and, and Julian, how about yourself? And, and, and once you've answered this, Julian, as well, I want to know what, why you started the podcast too, as well, because I think that's, that's yeah. awesome. And, and I'd love to hear your experience with that. It, it, it comes from that. It's, it's quite similar to Jan and in a sense of, well, my dad was in the Navy. So it's not that it wasn't in on Saturday. It wasn't even there on Sundays because <laughs> it was, you know, sailing somewhere across the world. And, um, and, and then he wasn't really used to be with kids when he was coming back at, at home, if you want. Right. And we were in like paradisiac location like we were when i was three years old we were in tahiti because you know it's a french territory and you need to have you know, your navy over there and um but then then my parents got divorced and and my daddy did everything right financially you know like he, he paid allowance he paid for even for my school later on stuff like that but um i came to realize that i i don't really know much about my dad and and i, I only realized that you know I had a dad and I had a mom and I was really close to my mom and then I had a stepfather and my stepfather was a really good provider as well, but really not getting to, you know, getting to know the kids. And it's only when I got my first kid, Tayo, that I realized, oh, I'm not equipped for this. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't have a model. I don't have, so I, I know I want to be involved uh, because this is like the modern dad. Uh, but I just don't know how. All I know is go to work and make as much money as I can, exchanging my time at work. Uh, and then I come home, I just, I, I'm tired. <laughs> and I know I'm not supposed to yell at my kids, but my, you know, at the time when you, your baby is one year old and, and yeah, I'm not going to go through that pretty soon again. <laughs> and you're not sleeping <laughs> and <laughs> it gets so hard. And I think, um, that's what saved me was stoicism actually gave me like a, it became a parenting guide. And I think that's a conversation when it was young, like, uh, like be, being able to have a set of rules that we can apply in all aspects in our life, including um, in, in fatherhood. And um, so, yeah, so in, in summary, no model as a father. And all I want to be is the total opposite of my dad, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and 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 this is an interesting discussion we could go down as well because you, we've we've evolved in all kinds of directions as human beings, right? And so, uh, you know, some of them good, some of them not necessarily as clearly good. Um, you know, one example is you know you might look back to uh, when when we were in like hunter gatherer tribes, and you would think that the kid was you know, in constant contact with his father or mother, mm. constantly being held, constantly being nourished and nurtured and taught and, and, and around the tribe and constantly having role models to look up to. And, you know, like we, you look fast forward to today and, and there are a lot of fathers who are like, like you guys have experienced almost absent from their children's lives. And, and this isn't something that is is necessarily for us to judge because this is just the culture that we've now been thrown into. You know, it's just 
that's just how we live our lives and you get a job and you have to get that job and you have to keep that job and you have to keep on working after day and night and, and there's always more to do. And, you know, I think that it comes from a place of love as well, because I mean, like my dad was constantly on the road as a salesperson. Um, but in the, at the end of the day, by him doing that, we got man, the best life I could possibly have hoped for. Right. Like, and, 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 and it showed that he cared about his family, that responsibility that he took for always giving us exactly what he thought that we deserved, which was the best. Right. And so, how do you how do you balance that? I mean, like Julian, I know that you started this the podcast, the Future You podcast, um, Future Proof You, sorry, and um, and you know you're trying to help working dads to balance that. Like, how how do you balance that? So it came from I came across a study when I was doing a bit of research on that, and came to realize that you know you've got 25 percent of current dads who are traditional dads, meaning, you know, they're like the dad that Yen and I and, and you, Simon, described where um, they're working a lot, they're providing and they accept the, the, the child minding to be done uh, by the spouse. And they're happy, right? Because they, they live according to, to their ideal and they're happy. And so, as you said, no judgment there. And then you have the, the modern dads, it's 20% of them, who believe that everything should be shared. So work and child minding should be shared. And they do it and they're happy, right? So that's a... And then there's 55% of dads who wants to be modern dads, but they don't know how. And so they actually behave as traditional dads by going to, to, to work and spending 100% of their time at work. And they're, they're not happy because that's, they're behaving the opposite of what they want to do and they don't know how to. And um, it, took me, uh, it took me, my wife, my friends, Stoicism, Jan, to realize that, well, first of all, it's about, food proofing ourselves like looking after ourselves first then we can look um, after our family we can food proof our family and then finally we can even um, start or look after our own, own business and food proof our own business and so I started interviewing dads um, who were managing to 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 get that balance and when I say balance it's their balance it doesn't mean 50 50 right between fatherhood and work and uh, I just learned so much from them and I'm, so I'm just <laughs> I'm just sharing all the tips from everyone um, all the dads what they're doing and, and share that with them and um, it's funny how even people dads who don't know stoicism they end up applying a lot of um, stoicism uh, principles without without knowing it just because mm. it's their own experience of life yeah well I tell you I've, I've heard from so many people who who say, you know, I never really knew what stoicism is, but, you know, I always, now that I know what it is, I know that my dad was an example of stoicism because he was, you know, he did what was necessary and he focused on, you know, providing for the family. And, 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 and so I think that a lot of people associate that with stoicism, but uh, uh, you know, what's most interesting to me is, is how do you get somebody firstly into the state of mind where they actually genuinely want to become the best dad that they can be. And then when, when they're in that state of mind, what are the procedures? What are the tools? What are the tactics that you would give people? Uh, And this might be best framed uh, to ask you guys both um, maybe starting with you, Jan, like what's the best Mm -hmm. advice that you ever got for how to be a better father? Good question. I think it's um, I think I think it's an everyday uh, battle. 
firstly, when you become a father, um, with, with the days passing by, you're just improving yourself automatically. You become a different person since I'm a dad of, uh, of completely changed. I know it sounds, it sounds uh, cheesy, but, um, you Simon, you still have a lot of time. Please enjoy it. Continue <laughs> doing what you're doing because then when you start to have kids, man, it's another game, but it's good. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. It's an everyday challenge. But um, what I've been using for me, stoicism is, is a bit like a roadmap, okay, on how to live, live the happy life, isn't it? Mm. And the first principle, the dichotomy of control, if you get that, if you understand it, uh, and it's really easy to understand, it's, it's so helpful to start with. Um, uh, it helped me to uh, remove uh, frustration and anger, for example. Not that I was an angry person, but, you know, when you've got baby crying and you don't know what they're crying and you're tired because you've done your 40 hours a week and you just, ah, just want to have some peace. You're not used to that noise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they do it on purpose, Jan, right? They cry on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you start to apply the dichotomy of control and see, okay, what I can control and what I can't. So here's a baby it's crying because it's the baby needs something needs some attention cuddles food whatever um what can i do i can stay calm and find a solution um so you know this is this is a very good starting point mm. i've just used and i use it every day i just use it this morning with my six years old and i'm even teaching her now without calling it the dichotomy of control but i, I, I i'm teaching her to uh, control like see what she can control and what she can't so this morning because now we are uh, there's no school here in queensland for the next five weeks so today was sort of the first Yay! real day of homeschooling <laughs> so we went to the school this morning blah blah state school and picked up um a, a booklet and I was just reading, trying to get my head around. You know, I'm not, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> I'm not born a teacher. Uh, and it's not my first language either. So uh, even more, more obstacle for me. Um, and we had to read a, a story. Uh, I think it was called The Dog and the Fox. And then we had to analyze the character, something like this. But she wasn't really into the story much. She, you know, and... And I, I was forcing it. I was like, come on, come on, let's focus, you know, let's, let's, let's read that story. Until she, she was really unhappy and until she started crying a little bit. And I could feel in myself, it was coming up, you know, the, the anxiety, the, the frustration was coming up. I wanted to oh, yell and just drop it out, you know. This would not have helped for sure. I would have just escalated into yelling in the house and dramas. So I'd just say, okay, that's fine. All right. What about we find a story that we like and we go from there, you know, really calmly and the problem was solved just instantly. Just, it was, mm. it was like ma magic, you know what I mean? Um, because you don't, when you don't trigger it, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. But two years ago, before stories, I would have blown up. You know, I would have, you know, I would have like lost it. Oh, well, you don't want to do it. Let's not do it and <laughs> run away <laughs> yeah, yeah. or whatever. You know? The teacher said oh, we have yeah. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And that's one of the, the great things about stoicism, isn't it? That, that it really gives us these tools that can allow us to uh, understand that we do actually have problem solving abilities as human beings. It is within our nature to be able to solve problems. And stoicism says, here's how you do it. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it just, it really does simplify so much of our decision-making process. And, uh, and, and yeah, Julian, how about, how about yourself? Like what, what's the best advice that you you've received or, or, or even how do you use stoicism with your, with your parenting? Well, the, sorry, the best advice. I might've taken the easy one there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I totally agree. Well, I agree with, I mean, that could be control every day. Right. And, um, especially if you're able to apply to your kids as well, like what can they control and can they not control? So it's being able to apply to you and, and to see how they, it is applies to them as well but for me the biggest thing that i learned and it was more the universe teaching me and i was able to put into 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 words later on was um memento mori right when um when my when saya when she was born and she she died at birth and for 20 minutes she was she was dead and during those 20 minutes you're like hang on i I haven't enjoyed her life just yet. Like it's like she's actually dead and you've got so many thoughts that go through, like it's crazy. And then she came back to life and, uh, but now she, she suffers from cerebral palsy and um, she's in a wheelchair and fighting for her life, which, and she's doing great. Like she's fantastic. But until I experienced that, I never really thought, you know, that I know or she could die or I could die like tomorrow. And yeah, and it took me it took me two years it took me two years because for the, for the first two years of you know when you've got uh, very young kids uh, you, you, everybody every day is a battle so you don't don't really have time to reflect but after that um, and when I came across Memento Mori I'm like wow like in your face like and learn to enjoy Memento Mori like to see it as a positive thing and so, and so no one told me this but I experienced it and then was able to read it. Um, in stoicism so that that that's what was that was super powerful for me yeah yeah that's Sorry, i brought the, that's a, <laughs> I brought no, the atmosphere pretty low <laughs> no that's some some real life experience right like that's some real life lessons that you've learned and and it's just been absolutely shoved in your face right and 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 those are the things that and like you need to relay that to people and and i'm sure that you do on your podcast right because people yeah. have experiences that other people don't experience and therefore we should be sharing those sorts of things with people like you know the the best people who i've talked to um who can teach me about memento mori are those people who have suffered from cancer and survived for example yeah like those are the people you talk to them and and they truly understand without even knowing about stoicism how valuable life is and how much they should be trying to live better right and right now with you know with coronavirus um we only read statistics and numbers you know like oh you know it doesn't happen to kids blah 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 blah. but um when you've experienced something that has lower statistics so you know having an accident of birth and having your your kids with a a brain damage that's very very low statistics but it does happen and it did happen to us and so then when you receive the statistics of you know how many people died how many kids are have coronavirus you're like hang on that's just not going to happen to others that can also happen to me. So let's work on the worst case scenario and then let's prepare for, you know, like it, everything takes a different meaning. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Like it, it, it really does completely change your perspective, right? It, different experiences just completely change everything. Right. And, and I actually, I, I want to ask that and, and I have to apologize because just as I've started talking here, somebody's started a chainsaw or something literally right outside my window. I have no idea what they're doing, but, but we'll work with it. I'll just mute myself. Uh, that's it's not a beautiful day has, yeah. outside for gardening. <laughs> I, I didn't realize kids, we had a helipad just right outside them. my apartment. But, um, but I, I wanted to know, so uh, everybody always says when you, have your, when you have your first child, it completely changes who you are as a person and you immediately feel this connection. And okay, a bit of backstory. Uh, I genuinely um, have always felt a sort of confusion around babies. <laughs> I just, I don't understand them. Uh, you know, the tiny little mm. potatoes, well, you know, normal, just... yeah. <laughs> but I like when they get to about two or three <laughs> and they start to get a personality, you know, I can start, start having a conversation with them. That's mm. when I'm pretty cool with kids and kids mm-hmm. genuinely yeah. tend to like me. Right. And, and we we're fine with each other, but is it true when, when you have, when you have your, first child or whatever like like what what's the feeling like yeah it's absolutely uh, true uh, uh, well you you may question it at 3 a.m in the morning after six months of not sleeping <laughs> you, you might question the attachment though <laughs> but i think um women have it easier or different like uh you know yeah it's... not easier <laughs> not easier <laughs> yeah sorry not easier <laughs> it takes nine it's... months in their for their body to transform whereas for us dads it kind of it doesn't hit us until until the delivery basically i don't mm. know about you Ian. yeah and um that's when you uh when the baby i totally agree with you simon i was the same i was waiting for my first daughter to uh to be able to speak because I can't talk to a baby. I don't, don't understand what, what it's all about, you know? Um, now with my second daughter, I'm, I'm enjoying much more the present moment, which I did with Mia too, but now more experience as well, because at the end of the day, it's only, it's only one time, you know, depending how many child, but they only that age once. So, you know, when when me I will be a uh, fourteen, fifteen, she won't cuddle me anymore. Even maybe when she'll be a uh, younger than that, I don't know when that. And I, I would miss that. So uh, therefore, I want to enjoy every single moment with them and um, be present. So that's a, that's we a really as good point, men, we, there's different stages, yeah. right? Like there's different stages, yeah, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. and and you want to be there to really enjoy every single stage and yeah, to just exactly. soak it up, right? And, Mm-hmm. And that's why stoicism again is a roadmap. You just remember what the old Stoics said, and uh, you know, just just enjoy the enjoy the moment. And yes, it's hard. Like coronavirus is 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 hard for everybody now. We all we're all in the mess all together. But uh, what it has done for for my family now is that I'm spending even more time with the girls, which is great. It's uh, and it's another challenge um, to be that many hours in a row with them. Before I'm, I'm still working, by the way, but not as much as before COVID nineteen. So I can't escape as much. But um, you know, the the hours after hours and after two three days, 
in the house altogether it is it is challenging but you just just remind of yourself that um they might be gone tomorrow and um, i even told that to mia once uh, she was she was upset about something or can't remember exactly but uh, i told her i said look imagine imagine you wake up uh tomorrow and i'm not here or you know something happened you know we're not here and straight away she understood it's amazing kids uh, how they they understand quickly. <laughs> mm, I I have heard that, and I've and I've heard that the best approach when kids, for example, ask really deep questions that you were not ready to answer, mm. right? Like, because um, mm. they will come out with those questions. Like, uh, that the best approach is to to try and answer their question in a way that they will understand, yeah. and to try and yeah. uh, be yeah. there for them, as opposed to just saying, "Don't worry about that." And, yeah, and, and, exactly. They need to hear the truth. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think, I think, do, would you guys agree? Uh, and if you do, then how do we fix this? That. Uh, there tends to be sort of a move, uh, you know, you guys think about memento more in the way that you see that is like, hey, my kid could die and so I should enjoy every moment with them and I should love them and be there for them, right? But many parents uh, would be like, well, my kid could die, so I'm going to do everything that I can to smother them so that they don't die, right? Oh. Like, do, do you think that people are too yeah. overprotective uh, these days now that we have so much information and we can see all the bad things in the world happening? Um, and if so, what do you think is the antidote? I, I think, well, again, it comes from stoicism. Like you, you, you learn through your experience. And so if we protect them, how are they going to learn? Uh, that's, 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 my, that's my logical answer. Um, and, and to go back on your, on your previous question, you know, they, the kids do ask like really deep questions. And I think that's, they are teaching us something like to be curious all the time about everything. Um, and if they ask you a tough question and you don't know, like they look surprised and then you, you think about it and like, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I should know. <laughs> I should know this. Oh, I have time. I have resources, but I'm so focused on work that I'm not answering. And I think I shared that at the beginning of, of, of our interview, just before we started recording that, um, I was having lunch with, with my kids. I prepared lunch for them and I, I had to get ready for, for this interview. And my wife is doing her coaching in our bedroom. And, you know, you're in a rush, in a rush. And uh, I said, okay, kids, I, I really need to go. I'm going to go for that podcast and I'm going to go with Yan and we're gonna be, I'm going to be with Simon and we're going to talk about stoicism, right? Five minutes to go until we start the, the recording. And then uh, my 10-year-old goes, hey, dad, what stoicism? <laughs> <laughs> you're like whoa <laughs> and you have, you, have, you have two options you're like uh well shut up i don't have the time you know i'm in a hurry like i need to respect my 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 host and or which is where we go now as that is well you take take it as, as an opportunity for teaching you take the time to answer it because you value his question and at the same time you don't try to make it super simple you know you don't try to Try to actually give them the depth of it, and I was able to to come with a quick, like the quickest explanation I had that made sense for me was it, it's it's a way of life, and but differently from your religion where you have to believe in it, uh, you can simply apply it um, with simple tools. And he started telling me, "Oh, is that the same thing that when I write into my journal or when I write songs about my experience?" I'm like, "Yes," <laughs> and it's it's funny how deep they are uh and it's funny how you have to come up with answers real quickly 
Oh, sorry. I, I was not on, uh, I was not on there, but uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's so cool. And that actually makes me think of something because uh, Julian, you mentioned that you, uh, you know, sometimes take the, the deeper questions as an opportunity for you to learn. Like, I'd love to know from both of you, like what is the best thing that your kids have taught you about how to live life? Um, my daughter, I'll, I'll just take things um, that are really fresh in my mind, Simon. Um, this week, um, she reminded me not to use my mo- mobile in front of her. Oh, and she beautiful. Said, uh, <laughs> she, yeah. Uh, because... <clears throat> So I've, I've written my personal philosophy like you recommended in the past, Simon, and I've done it twice already. It's about once a year. And one of um, uh, the, part, the part with my family is, is, is obviously to be as present as possible at the moment in the house when I'm with them. And so I said, I'll try to avoid using my, my phone as much as I can, you know, your Facebook, emails, all those things. And a few days ago, I was just probably checking an email or something. She said, Dad, put your mobile down. Why? Because we are more important. I was like, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah." and then I just put the phone on the table and I say, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm very sorry. I often apologize to to them, actually. And I say, look, I'm I'm sorry. You're right. Absolutely right. Let's let's do it. What do you want to do? And I think that's beautiful. That's, 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 that's awesome. That's yeah. That's, that's yeah. so awesome. And that's something that you wouldn't have seen 10 years ago because we didn't have the mobile phones 10 years ago. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Kids yeah. are adapting. They're onto us already. Yeah. We, would have, <laughs> we, we, we would have had a different distraction. Um, you know, my dad, uh, 30 years ago now, uh, he, he, on his Sunday, he would watch TV. You know? and so, okay. We'll watch with him. And then we we'll go for a bike ride, but, yeah yeah no that, that, that's awesome I, I i love that though i think that that's so beautiful dad you know like put 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 away put away your phone dad yeah, we're yeah. more important yeah, we're more important yeah okay <laughs> what about you julian um it's oh man i just yeah i just learn every day but it's uh i don't have it like i don't have an example straight away but um I think I've got the counter example, like in the sense of, you know, I was paying, when was it on Sunday night, I was paying my rent on, on, the, on, um, on my laptop and the kids were like, come and play with us, come and play with us, you know? And I was like, no guys, this is more important. I really need to pay the rent. Uh, so it's like, it, it's, it's, it's that harmony, like that balance that we need to, we need to find. Um, and it's, so it's not about preserving them from any, you know, being a helicopter parent, preserving them from everything or, or putting them um, on top of the world and like, and not caring about the rest is really finding that, that harmony about, about everything and teaches, teaching them that harmony that sometimes, you know, mom and dad have need their own time. Uh, and then sometimes they need to remind us that we need to look after them. So it's, it's finding that balance, that harmony that is, um, that is constant, constant learning experience, I think. Mm. Yeah. And, and when it comes to the balance, that also has a lot to do with the, the partnership, right? It's like, uh, I'd love to know from you guys, how, how do you, how how does parenting change your relationship uh, with, you know, your significant other? Like, like how, how do you work harmoniously there? Um, Because I I imagine that you probably don't agree on everything and you probably don't agree with uh, every decision when it comes to parenting. So what's, what's the harmony there? 
Simon, that's, that's a secret. You have to agree on everything she says. <laughs> <laughs> I go by the saying, I go by the saying, happy wife, happy life. And it gets me out of trouble a lot. <laughs> Simple, but. I yep. like it. I, I'm happy to take that advice. We can, we can, we can, we can accept <laughs> yeah, that. We'll, we'll be honestly, humble here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think I've learned with the time to uh, put my ego back in uh, in my pocket. Um, yeah, uh, whatever the wife it... wants. <laughs> sure. And, and I think you have to take in mind that you didn't marry a mom. You, you, you married an individual, became your wife, and then together we became parents and we mm. f learning together and we're not the same person that we, we were 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So it's really um, like learning together and helping, like allowing each other to, to learn. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and allowing them it's, to it, change. Yeah. Mm. It's, a, it's a teamwork and I think my wife still my wife but became more like a friend now and yeah we are a team naturally when one of us is weak the other one is pulling up the light and but it just come naturally we 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 don't we don't argue much um it had it has happened but usually communication is good some good good arguments actually is is, is really good for the relationship uh, Hmm. Yeah. But, but what, what I found is, and it's, I think it's even harder for Jan and, and myself because our wives are Japanese, so from a very different background. Um, and we didn't get the Japanese wife that says yes to everything the, the husband says. <laughs> we got the wives who escaped Japan for that reason. <laughs> we, got the mo uh, we got the modern version. Uh, yes, modern the independent version. version. <laughs> uh, the, one, the one that they're not going to follow exactly what the culture no. said and yes to everything. And yeah. But, 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 but what I really learned, and that's, that's, that's one of the passages from Marcus Aurelius that I read recently was, you know, if, if you live in harmony with yourself, then you're in harmony with the universe and that includes your, your family and your coworkers. And I think one thing that I wasn't doing was really to live in harmony with myself or allowing myself to live in harmony with myself. I was like, my goal was to provide for the family and do anything to do that and just sacrifice all the rest and um, I realized that no I, I, I have to I have to future-proof myself I have to be in harmony with myself first before uh, I can be in harmony with my with my family and um, <clears throat> my wife taught me that <laughs> she, she, she's that's good advice who, yeah yeah but she and she demonstrated by by her behavior uh, you know, she started working uh, three days a week instead of instead of five uh, to be able to, to look after the kids, but also for for her to have her own time and you know for her to go surfing, for her to to get massage. And and at first, I thought she was you know rewarding herself for having such a traumatic experience at birth, blah blah blah. And then uh, three weeks later, I'm like, hang on, no, she decided to look after herself. <laughs> Mm. Uh, and by looking after herself, she can look after the kids and myself, uh, and she can look after her business as well. So, yeah, yeah the lessons come from um, from everywhere, especially from your wife. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's it. Like it's a harmony, right? And 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 I'd love to know, in terms of looking after yourself, what do you think the best thing that you guys have done 
would be uh, in terms of looking after yourself? Like what, what's the mm. best thing that you've done to, to really make sure that you're the best person that you can be? I think Julian, you should start on that one and talk about <laughs> okay. your uh, solo trip because I reckon in, in his family uh, they, they've got they've got that subject uh, nailed really. <laughs> so what, yeah, what is a solo? Yeah, I, I like that. Thanks for that. I, I didn't think of this, but yeah, that's actually pretty cool. And <clears throat> I, I was actually due one. Um, so once a year we go on a solo trip, and a solo trip is a trip with just yourself. Mm -hmm. It's you go on holiday with no kids, no wife. And um, it sounds so weird. It sounds totally opposite to, you know, what our society or what our parents taught us, you know, where you all go on holiday together. And you can imagine uh, my mom saying, is everything all right with your wife? Because you're not going on holiday together. <laughs> That's and, the first uh, question I would get, definitely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is everything okay? <laughs> and now it's, it's funny because my, my, my mom and my, uh, has embraced that as well. And um, so just to give you the perfect example, in January, we went on holiday in Bali. We, we flew with the kids um, and then my, my parents came from France and we, we stayed with them for a night in the hotel. We left the kids with them. And then my wife and I, we took a, a Uber or the equivalent of GoGet. Um, and then uh, I went to drop my wife on one beach in her, in her Airbnb. And then mm. <laughs> I went two beaches down <laughs> in my Airbnb. And I got to do everything i wanted like me <laughs> you know like yeah. i wanted i wanted to do my meditation i wanted to do my swimming i didn't care about going to the local market simon i really didn't care <laughs> like, yeah. I, I didn't want to see the latest you know the, the cooking thing no i just wanted to be on the beach do my thing like have no schedule no diary and uh, and once your your wife is on board with this when you once your kids on board with this and even when your mom is on board with this, it becomes so relaxing because it's also something you can look forward to it. Mm. So I know I have to do this once a year. And uh, if I don't do it, I, I, I can also, in between, I, I have to do one night at a hotel or you know, just one night on, on, on my own just as, as a break. And I realize it's, it's not a failure. It's, it's a way for me to look after myself so then I can look after my family and my business. Mm. So yeah, thanks uh, for the that's reminder. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah oh, you know, I would look, I, I haven't done that really like the same way as you, Julian. And now it's a bit hard with, with a 19 months old and a pregnant wife. So, but it's in my mind to do in the future for sure. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. I think you come back fully recharged and, uh, I've got similar similar thing when 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 my wife and the kids going to Japan like they did last year for they left me here for three weeks it was like a, a solo retreat well, I was still working but I had so much time for me it was awesome mm. I could study stoicism I could climb mountains almost every day I was just you know it was great you feel yeah. really good after that yeah, it's awesome. And keeping active and, you know, just doing things that, and I think, it, I think it's so important what you guys are saying, which is that, uh, you know, essentially just because you have a wife and just because you have kids doesn't mean that there aren't things that you want to do that would be really good for you. Right. 
and and I really think that that there has to be that balance there, right? Like the mm. it it can't be a win lose situation because then everybody loses, right? And um and and I guess I I only had one more question really, and this can be as simple or as complex an answer as you guys want to <laughs> give. Uh, but for somebody who hasn't had kids yet. What's the biggest thing that surprised you or, or crushed you or what's the biggest thing that you wish you had have known uh, that, that you would pass on to somebody who hasn't had kids yet? All right. Can I go again? Mm. Uh, yeah, sure. So yeah. this one, I, I know it's a given. I know that we know, but um, we teach our kids with our action, with our behaviors, without noticing it. Right. And and when you realize this, when you see yourself in your kid, when you, you realize that you've made an impact, that you realize, um, I, I've got an example for, uh, for you, is I do, um, I do a lot of um, uh, ah, personal brands. I do a lot of videos of myself on, on LinkedIn, like on a daily basis. And so I'm very used to be on camera. Um, my son this morning, 10 year old, like did a video on him uh, to, to help other kids find their creative flow. And he was so confident on the video and he was, <laughs> awesome. he was using words that I was using. And I was like, and, and at the end of the video, he goes, and if you want to know more, just join my mastermind, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Jeez, what did I do? <laughs> it's how what I end my videos. <laughs> exactly. And like, and that is so powerful, Simon, because you, you create a human being um, and you want it or not, you're creating it. Everything you do is a good thing, the bad thing, they're catching it. So if you work on being a better person, not even a better dad, if you work yourself on being a person every day, you are actually um, transferring this, teaching this to your kid just by your action and your behavior. And it's like, it's a, uh, it's a gift that keeps on giving because it happens at every stages of the life of the kids. Um, yeah. So. Mm. That's a good example. Yeah, I totally that, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 young. I would not have said better, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same same line. Yeah. Um. To to be to be a role model to your children is uh yeah it's uh, it's 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 great. So um, enjoy the moment. Um, you know, always yeah, be the best version of yourself front of them because as julian said they see they understand and as young as few months old six months old they sponge they they see they understand mm -hmm. they so if you're not mm -hmm. behaving in, in in the right way with with your wife with your children or whatever they, they, they'll see and that will have an impact in their life and we are responsible for that mm -hmm. people yeah. uh, People, people that find the excuse, but uh, say, oh, they're just kids, uh, you know, they, they like this, they're rowdy, and they, they like this. Maybe because you, you've let them be rowdy in the past for too long, you know. Yeah. We, we are really responsible for those human beings and what they will yeah. become. So, and it starts from day one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, and, and, don't and ignore the first few months. And it's about enjoying them from day one. Um, I was reading a, a statistic the other day. It was pretty scary. Is that by the age, of, by the time they turn 16, you will have, you want to spend with them 75% of the total time you're going to spend with them your entire life. 
So yeah, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, so don't think about, oh, you know, I'll spend, I'll spend more time with them when they're three, four, five, six, ten. No, this is now. <laughs> you need to enjoy mm. it now. It's, uh, yeah. It goes super quick. I think I've got six years to go now. My, my son is 10. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that's good advice. And, and that's really helpful stuff as well to do that kind of, um, you, you know, mathematical equation in your mind and learn the equations that can show you like, factually this is how much time mm. you'll probably spend and and you know i've thought about similar things to do with how many times i see my parents right and yeah that's right and like if you see them once a week you know or if you see them once a month or once a year it's like how many more times do you get to see them in your life before yeah. they're gone and uh, uh it's kind of scary right so you've, you've really got to get that memento mori and say okay people could die so like let's let's spend this time now and enjoy it but man it, I'm so glad that you guys have come on the show. I'm so sorry about the <laughs> giant whipper snipper or whatever it was outside that was just, uh, I don't know, it's, they just picked the wrong time. But uh, but Memento Mori and uh, and also uh, it's out of our control. So um, I'm so exactly. glad that you guys came on. And and Julian, do you, do you want to tell us where we can find your podcast and everything? And I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and before that, I would like just to give a, an advice for, for all the people who've practiced um, uh, stoicism and who've been listening to your, to your podcast. This is one of the toughest times for, for parents and, and, and for dads. And without stoicism, it would have been really hard for me and for Yam to, to survive the past five weeks. So I know we're not supposed to, you know, to pass on our, our, our philosophy, but this is a time where we say we can sh at least share your podcast, Simon, and say, look, listen to those little, you know, you know especially the, the, um, the smaller chunk of podcasts, because those are like nice snippets that make you think twice about how you can actually behave uh, when you can, you know, when you're freaking working from home with the kids 24 seven, mm. this is pushing you to the limit. And I, I, I feel I feel that there's a lot of that out there that are going through really, really tough times and not, there's also a lot of moms, right? But don't get me wrong. But uh, for dad, it's just, they've been just pushed back to the home. They have a lot to learn and they have no guides and um, really stoicism can be a, can be a guide. And um, if you want to know more about this, <laughs> when we talk, we talk about this, we talk about food proofing yourself, food proofing your family, and then even um, doing so by building your own business and building more flexibility in your life, uh, you can find me at um, futureproofyou.co and uh, or just look for Future Proof You podcast for, for working dads on, um, on Apple iTunes. That's it. Yeah, I love it. Thanks so much. And, uh, and yeah, Julian, Jan, it's been, it's been absolutely wonderful. And we're going to have you back many more times, I'm sure. And, uh, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. And we'll talk to you next time. All right, so there you have it, my interview with Julian and Jan. Now, if you're a working dad, if you want to improve your ability to be the best possible father you can be, make sure you head to the links in the show notes and check out the Future Proof You podcast for working dads. You're going to absolutely love it and it's going to be so helpful for you. So, I'm so glad we had this conversation today. I'm going to have these guys back, the two French fathers from Australia. I love it. And, uh, and without any further ado, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time. But until then, I hope that this episode has helped you on your rise to the good life. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practical Stoic Podcast. 
If you'd like to stay up to date with the Practical Stoic community and everything to do with this podcast, then just go to my website, simonjedrew.com and subscribe to the Practical Stoic Weekly, a newsletter that I send out every week with updates and all sorts of great Stoic insights. You can also find me everywhere online by searching Simon J.E. Drew. See you next time.